0: Welcome to Gritty Girls, the podcast. I'm Jillian Christie, and my passion and calling is really all about helping as many women realize that they have a scalable superpower, grit. If you're into hearing from badass world-class women who just happen to be top chefs, athletes, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, artists and activists on how they achieve their loftiest goals despite their greatest life challenges, then you don't want to miss the Gritty Girls podcast. Your journey to get inspired by phenomenal women around the globe and to learn how to cultivate more grit in your life starts now. Sometimes your childhood dream wasn't what it was all cracked up to be, but then you realize you had other dreams whispering to you the whole time. This was the case for Kate Lester. Now a wildly talented creative director of interior design and the founder of Kate Lester Interiors, she reflects on the dubious road to her destined path and calling. As a design school dropout, she used her business acumen, personality, and no boundary budging MO to pave the way for her extraordinarily successful design firm. Find out how she did it and stay tuned to get insider tips on how to be your own interior designer, what it takes to have a lucrative business in a creative industry, and why there's no crying in business.
1: Here I am. Hi. Hi. It's perfect. My daughter is on Zoom too, so if it starts to get slow or wonky, then I'll kick her off her kindergarten.
0: <laughs> oh no! Don't do that! Oh my goodness! We can always. Oh my god! Do that. I totally will. It's fine. <laughs> I am so okay. grateful that you came on with me this morning. This is yeah, going to be so it's fun. Be exciting. Um, I love it. I love podcasts. It's
1: very yeah. cool.
0: Awesome, and and you know Brittany, who she's like one of my favorite she's humans so of all time. Cool.
1: She's <laughs> so cool. She is like so effortlessly. Rad. I love her. She's very fun.
0: That's a great way to put it. She is effortlessly rad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've I've known her since college and um she's she's just been one of my favorite people. You know, she's always been, you know, like really close friends slash mentor yep. when I was younger. And she's amazing. And
1: her her our kids are like maybe like less than a year apart in age. So wow um so we've sort of been going through like the same things and we're sort of sort of in the same industry circle so yeah. I do get to see her a lot which is cool
0: but I yeah so I'm so excited to chat with you I you. I became obsessed Brittany introduced me to your work and I became oh, obsessed cool. with it I don't even know like what the genre would be called I call it like clean and like classic or whatever but but yeah sure we, I think we try to call, like people
1: always ask because a lot of people say like, oh, it's coastal and mm. I hate that. Right. Cause that makes me think of like bad seashell art and like <laughs> turquoise, you know? So yeah. I, 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 I think we just call it like, yeah, clean, classic, curated, like that sort of vibe, because really not all of our clients are coastal, mm. right? Like we did apartment in New York and that's, okay. there's no shells in there. You know, I mean, there's no shells anywhere. Okay. <laughs> but like, but so yeah, I, I would say like clean, clean and and curated. Um, that's like the most important thing to me is that the spaces don't look mass produced and they don't look like they came out of like a catalog.
0: Totally, totally. Okay. Like they they look they look clean, but also like lived in. Like you, yeah, personal. personal, personal, right? Very, yeah, very personal. So I just wanted to put that out there because I'm obsessed, um, Thank but you. I also know. You went to, um, you went to USC business school. I did. I, I went did. to ASU business school. So a little, okay. rough, but you know, still friendly, you know? It's okay. <laughs> yeah. We're much less
1: friendly with, um, UCLA. So, yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> so, so did you always want to be a designer? Cause you went to business school. I'm curious yeah, like, what I mean, your road yeah. was like there.
1: No, I did not ever want to be a designer. I actually, my mom was a flight attendant and I remember thinking that like, that job seemed super fun, but that she was never actually making any real money. And that I wanted to make real money and be like important. And I wanted to have people working underneath me. And I want to have a briefcase. That was like a big deal to me. It was like a briefcase and a cellular phone because they were like, my uncle had one in his car. And I was just like, that is so cool. I want a phone in my car. I want to be that important that people need to call me in my car. Right. And so I wanted to be like an important man. At the time, that's what was out there, right? There weren't that many important women, and right. and in at least in my like family circle, I wasn't the. My aunts were stay at home moms, and my uncles were important, and I was like, well, "I'm going to be like them." So I decided early on that I was going to be like a really important business lady. I didn't know what I was going to do, but it was going to be like a lot of check writing and business, and that was it. And I was just going to make a bunch of money and have that briefcase and car phone, right? So then when I. I I sort of just followed that track and was good with math and, you know, was a good student. And so I ended up getting a scholarship to USC and I went to business school there. And once I got into corporate America, I absolutely hated it. Right. I didn't realize how, you know, there was just, there was so much, there was like, it was just going to take forever. It felt like for me to get to that corner office, even though I did get a corner office out of school, but it was a little one and I didn't like it. Um, and it was like not enough money. And I was like, wait, I have to ask to go to my kid's soccer game. Like I would see these ladies and men, you know, you have to like request a day off and you have to, when you're working in these big corporate offices, it's not till you get to like the height of your career that you can just come and go as you please. And so I think my fairy tale of what it would be like was so different. Like I didn't live in New York, so I wasn't like going to a big building. It was like a crappy building and, you know, and I was like parking space with your name on it and it was like big deal. So it was not as glamorous and cool as I thought it would be. And, you know, in the magazine, you know, in like Cosmo, they'd be like day to night, like you're going to wear yeah. this outfit and then you're going to go and like that never happened. Like <laughs> Right, like I never went to like amazing cocktails with my coworker. So I was like, this kind of sucks, and this wasn't what I was thinking. And so the whole time, my family has my mom was always really creative. I I was creative as well, but I just never thought that I would like make a foray into a creative sort of part of the world because I didn't think I would make any money and my parents were divorced and I was like fiercely independent and I never wanted to have to like rely on a man to support me. And I knew I liked nice things. So I was like, well, if I, if I go into a creative industry, I'm just going to be poor and I'm going to be like, you know, probably happy, but I'm going to be living like apartment my whole life. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, it wasn't what I wanted. Right. And so, um, so then when I finally decided I was going to switch and be, and go into interior design, I guess at that point I was probably just so unhappy that I was like, okay, well, I'll figure out how to make money. I'm gonna switch, and then maybe I'll be like a super famous designer, and then I'll make money. I'll get like a show on HGTV or something, right? Like I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go big. I'll figure out how to like find my niche and and make money. And I just did it. I just one day I like put my resignation in, and I found a school that was local and that was an arch- interior architecture school. I did some research. And I was like, if I'm going to be a designer, I'm not going to be like a pillow fluffer. I want to like know architecture. And I want to know my shit, just like I did in business. I want to know, you know, I want to be like respected. And so, um, I did it and I, and like, I took my USC degree and I like put it in my pocket Mm -hmm. and I bartended (laughs) and then I went to school at night. So it's really, it was really hard. It was really like humbling and, you know, like rinsing down bar mats when I used to make like six figures. So And, but it was what I had to do if I was going to like switch and, and I needed to do that sooner than later because I didn't want to be 60 starting over.
0: Like I didn't want to be that lady in my class. Right, so right. like, how do I turn on the zoom? And I am. That lady, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Wow. I mean, that's, it's so wild. And, and it, I know it must've been hard too, to, to make that switch, right? That decision was yeah. like, My grandmother was
1: like, when she was alive, then she had helped a lot with school and given me, you know, advice and money. And, you know, anytime my parents would say no for money, she would say yes. And so I felt like so terrible going to her and saying like, I know you invested all this time and energy and money in my USC career, but I, I changed my mind. And my mom was very sort of flippant with her career choices. And she was kind of like the the free spirit of the family. And I I remember my grandmother looking at me and I I could see in her eyes being like, I thought you weren't going to be like this, you know? And so I was like, no, I swear I'm going to do something with this. I'm just super unhappy here. And it was great because what, right before she passed away, I had been in my first magazine. And so it was important for me that she got to see that, you know? Um, but yeah, a lot of people, my friends, my friends, my friends, parents that I grew up with were like, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. Like, what are you going to do with this? Like, we didn't know any successful designers. I mean, like we didn't live in Beverly Hills. So we lived in a just middle-class area. So no one really had a designer and no one knew how much money they made or if they did well. Like, right. so I had no idea what I was doing is the bottom line. And if I was my mom, I would have been like, wow, that's really dumb. But <laughs> she was like, whatever. I'm just, I'm not paying for it is what she said. She's like, yeah. you can do whatever you want. I already paid for one college adventure. Yeah. So um, now you're on your own.
0: And I was like, all right, I can do it. And and what made you feel like you could, you know what I mean? Like what was inside of you that made you think, okay, I can do this and I'm going to do it anyways even though there are these people looking at me going, "What are you doing?"
1: Yeah, because that was like the story of my life. I mean, I had always been, you know, like it super fiercely independent, super tenacious. Um I always sort of had a perseverance that nobody kind of knew where it came from. Like my mom would say, the minute you came out of the womb, like I was just here to pack your lunch and you were like, go. you know, I was like student body president and I was it, you, the captain of everything I joined. And so I think I knew I would be okay because like failure is just like not an option for me. That could be just an ego thing or, you know, like, I'm not sure, but it, I knew if I did it, I would have to do it a hundred percent.
0: Totally.
1: Mostly because I didn't want to have to go
0: back to people and be like, you were right. You know? Right. You so it was like a proving to yourself thing. That's where it came from. And,
1: and I am people. like the worst critic. I am my harshest critic. My husband is always like, you are the person who wants everything to be so. So like other people cut you slack. You don't cut yourself any slack. Mm-hmm. Which is like great and terrible at the same time,
0: right? It is. It's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Because I'm I'm similar. I don't cut myself slack, but it does push me to do great things.
1: It does. But then as like females, sometimes You have so many more things that are like socially, you're socially responsible for, right? Your child rearing, your grocery storing, you know, and even if you have a super wonderful spouse or partner or whatever it is, sometimes if you're in that kind of dynamic, those things just happen to fall on you and you think you have to be perfect at all of them, right? Like, so um, that I think is really challenging as for me as like a working mom, like my husband and I both work full time, but for some reason, no matter how much we like love each other and try to divide, it just doesn't divide. It's not 50-50. It's never I am still wiping my daughter's butt in the bathroom. Like, you know what I mean? So it's not the same. And like the laundry still sort of defaults to you or the grocery shopping or, you know, like unless I want everything to be like Captain Crunch. Um, (laughs) So I think think, like... you're struggling because you're like, oh, I got to be a perfect stay-at-home mom even though I'm not. I got to be a perfect working woman even though I'm not. I got to be a perfect wife even though I'm not. Like, so it's tiring. So that's something I'm working on is like trying to cut myself a little slack as I get older. But
0: when I was young and didn't have all that responsibility, I was only focused on the goal. Totally. Totally. Have you, so like in the midst of all that, I mean, because that was a hard transition and and you did that with your own vigor, right? Uh, Was there ever a moment where you were just like, you know, you're bartending, you're, you're going to school. Were you ever like, what am I doing? I want to quit. don't want to do this. All the time.
1: And especially because I would see, you know, like I, I wasn't in an area where there's a lot of high end designers. And so I wasn't seeing How I was gonna make money doing this. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna figure it out. It's gonna be great. I'll go meet because my family was like normal. We didn't hang out at country clubs. Like, I didn't really know a bunch of wealthy people, right? So it's not like I grew up with the Kennedys and I'm like, I'll just do their house. So (laughs) I was like, how am I even gonna meet rich people? Like who will hire me? I don't even know any. So a lot of that was sort of relying and keeping those USC contacts and Making sure that I was, you know, getting a, some mentorship from people, from friends whose parents had had designers, from you know who who were in different circles that I than what I grew up in, um, and so that sort of kept me going. But yeah, I mean, every time you're going out with your bartending friends and they're all going to be bartenders forever, yeah. you know, it's so fun. But then I remembered, like, what are they going to be when they're seventy? They can't, you can't still be like slinging like buckets of like red juice, right? So. I knew that I didn't want to do that. I knew I didn't want to be like the old saggy lady at the bar. And I really wanted to make something of myself. So as much as like, it was hard, you just keep, you just have to keep going. Plus again, like I didn't want to have to go back to my hometown and be like, I failed. Yeah, And now I have to go back to this job because I always knew I could go back to the company that I left because they were a great company. And and you know i did well there but that would be like the worst thing in the world would yeah. be like to go back with my tail yeah. between my legs yeah
0: <laughs> what about when you were you know through i mean now you've had this incredible kate lester interiors you've had it right. for 15 years right Like, well,
1: I've been in design for 15 years and I've had the company for nine. Okay. So in the beginning after school, I did drop out of school, by the way, I dropped out of design school because like, there's a, this is a whole other rant about how colleges do not prepare creative individuals for a life in a creative industry. Right. They like make sure that you're good at your craft and they don't teach you how to make money doing it. So colleges, art colleges, you call me and I will write your curriculum because my business acumen and my, my, you know, everything I learned from USC prepared me to sort of write a business plan for my new design firm. Right. But if I hadn't had that, and I see this all the time with my girlfriends now or other designers, when I go speak or people who hit me up on Instagram, they're like, how do you write a contract? Like, how much do you charge? Like, what kind of insurance do you have? And and I want to say to myself, like, who in the hell is writing these programs for college kids and then sending them to us and they have no idea how to make this applicable in the real world, Totally, right? there,
0: there needs to be so, like real hands-on business, you know, curriculum in those schools. And, and yeah. to the fact of like going going to USC, go, you know, getting into the business world, realizing that's not for you, going to grandma and saying, I'm going to interior design school. I mean, who would have known except now you in retrospect, like that business school actually, yeah. that was- Ne- you know super necessary and essential Absolutely. to where you are so everything yeah anything goes in this in this way
1: I mean, as annoying as it is, like, you know, when you see on Instagram, everyone's like, they're inspirational quotes, like everything happens for a reason. And like, it is annoying sometimes when you're like, I don't think so. But <laughs> it, it's true. And in my family, we grew up, everything was like, you know, what, whenever something shitty happened to you, it was like, what is this supposed to teach me? What am I supposed to learn from this super shitty experience that only seems like a horrible thing right now? So it's almost like stepping out and saying, okay, you know, that was never a mistake. I would do it all again the same way because now here I am and I'm, that's what sets me apart from the other designers in my area. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I speak husband, like when the husband is like, here's, this is what I want. This is a spreadsheet. I'm like, yeah, I got, you already have that spreadsheet. That's what we do all the time. (laughs) Like, here's my, you know, here's your margin. Here's this. So if I can speak husband, then, then I'm, they know that I'm going to be a good steward of their investment. And we say things like that, like investment and value. And I use those words that I learned that they say on a daily basis at their companies. Right. And I say, husband, just as like a default, it could be a wife. It could be, you know, we've had all of these different situations, but usually it's a husband and they're like, you're expensive. Um, So, so I think, you know, I think just knowing that all of these things somehow will help prepare you you just have to find, you have to see that and you have to look for that and be, be grateful for it instead of saying like, Oh, it was a mistake.
0: You know? Right. Right. Totally. And, and that takes time. It takes time to see that they worth it and it was necessary and all the things. What would you say was like the greatest advice you've ever been given?
1: It's funny. I think that it was, it was after I started my company, it was from a a mentor of mine who happens to be like around my age, but he is a, he's a college friend from USC and he's a real estate guru. And he said to me, I think it was when we were looking for homes and he was helping us look for homes and I found this house. I really wanted and I was so excited. And then they didn't accept our offer and they counter offered. And I was like, just offer more. And he's like, no, we're not offering more. He's like, you have to take the emotion out of this. So it was like a simple sentence that sort of resonated with me. And I watched, sorry, I watched him do that in all the business interactions that I was then part of when I'd work with him on, you know, investment properties or things, projects together, that he really like set these goals. And then he took the emotion out of it. Or when he negotiated, he took the emotion out of the negotiation. And as females, Sometimes I think we tend to be more emotional, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for me, it was learning that your process is your process, period, right? You cost what you cost. Um, If someone's upset about it or is telling you it's too much, then you say, I respect that. This is my business model and this is what I charge. I think as a designer where you're setting your own fees, like you don't ever go to like true religion or, I mean, no one's buying those jeans anymore, but like you don't ever go to like Nordstrom and you're not like, oh yeah, I think these should be like $49. Right.
0: Who the fuck does that to someone? So when
1: someone does it to me, I'm like, yeah, this isn't negotiable. So I think if you get upset or you get you know you get flustered and then you lower your price because of this person's influence you're getting emotional and that is applicable to a lot of trades or or industries right is know your worth and then take the emotion out of it and if you don't get the project you can look back and there will always be a reason why you didn't if you don't get the promotion if you don't get the date if you don't get the guy or whatever it is. Yeah. There's always a reason when you look back that that wasn't the right moment for you. And I really do believe that. Um, so that's, I think if you can take the emotion, back. yeah, if you can take the emotion out and, and, you know, know that for these people, this is an investment. It's not personal for me to say to them, this is my business model. It's not personal. Um, nobody has ever come back when I do that and said, like they've said no. And then I said, okay. And we've walked away and it's amicable, right? And then sometimes they'll refer their more wealthy friend because they'll be like, I couldn't afford her, but you can. Yeah. So it's never like backfired in oh, my face. that's great. Right. So, so I think just stay true. Like if you make it, people will come. And I think that you just have to stay true to that and not get emotional. Please don't cry. There's no crying in business. I can't handle it. Wait till the elevator doors close. If you need to break down, get in your car and sob. But, you know, really like, You kind of have to to think, like, what are all the things that men get respected for? Like, I'm a bitch, but he's amazing.
0: He's a go-getter,
1: right? So I think I constantly think about, like, if I was a man, what would people say? And and I think, you know, trying to change that rhetoric takes time, but
0: totally and it's going to take a lot of time but yeah the the parallels aren't parallel like it's mm-hmm. totally different adjective for for males yeah. and for females always and and it always. will take time um so that's i mean that's incredible advice what would you say you still struggle with whether it's personally or professionally what do you struggle with like what's a thing that's like per, you know prevalent in your life
1: yeah i i think i struggle with being in the moment um I think a lot of people who are a type A personality who are go-getters, who are probably listening to a podcast, like people who listen to podcasts, like want to better themselves, right? So so your listeners are probably all in the same boat of like, I want to check this box. And then when I check this box, I need to check this box. And then you realize like there's so many fucking boxes. And so, you know, I think it's important just to remember to yourself that like, remember when all you ever wanted was what you have right now. And it's so easy to get caught up in like, okay, I achieved this. And now what do I need to achieve? And now what do I need? And to remember that those things are going to be achievements, but they shouldn't, you shouldn't be wanting them to make you happy, right? You should be happy and then say, and I want to achieve, achieve this but this isn't going to make me happy. If I'm not happy in my studio apartment, I'm never going to be happy in a mansion. I see this every day um, with people who swear that $11,000 sofa is going to make them happy. And then they sit on it and they're not any happier. So, you know, I think just really living in the moment, being appreciative, being grateful for everything is so hard in this day and age, especially with social media and all that bullshit. Um, So I struggle every day being grateful, being thankful you know, not griping when you get on that peloton being like I have a two thousand dollar exercise bike yes. right like so saying i'm I'm grateful that I have legs to ride this bike, even though right, I'm grumpy. Right. So I think everyone probably
0: struggles with that, but that's my hardest
1: is to yeah. not keep 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 going.
0: Totally. And that's, that's like a lifelong journey to like, try to get totally. there, right? Cause you're just, cause we Every we, night. Get, we get really good. Like sometimes I'll set these routines for myself where I'm writing in my gratitude journal and I feel really totally. good for like two months. And then you, you slip for a little bit. So it's yeah. like this, it's never like this straight up. And no. You're like, I'm, I'm like, I'm
1: going to meditate and <laughs> I'm going to like be this person. I'm not going to do that. And then you're like, I'm a human being and I'm dying over here and I'm trying my best and, that's what I'm saying is like these perfection sort of things. And I think it's just if you can do like one moment, I think like Tony Robbins, I was watching this documentary on him, and he talk about like another crazy type of A person. He was just saying, even if you just say it to yourself like once a day, like, this is a beautiful moment. I'm grateful for this moment. Just once a day, at some point in your day, maybe it's like that you got to drink a warm coffee. This coffee's cool. Ah. so like, right, as a mom, like, I got a coffee or like, What a a shower! You're like, oh, so great. So whatever
0: it is, when your car starts in the morning, I don't know. So I think um, what is that? that called again. That that documentary. I still need to watch it.
1: You know, I don't know what it's called. I watched it like two years ago, but if you search, just like Google Tony Robbins documentary, it's very good. He's super interesting. I watch. I like to watch and read all kinds of things, like you know political stuff left and right i think people yeah. in general are just interesting and i think super successful people are even more interesting because i definitely find especially with my clients and like the people that we interact with that are, have high net worth or are very successful there's a correlation of like quirkiness and weirdness and things that happen and i feel that like i'm weird so <laughs> i agree like it you know that correlation starts to go like the more money and the weird the weirdness or cool quirky things so those, you know, like Steve Jobs and the turtlenecks, and that, like, it's strange. So, I think it's really interesting when you watch these documentaries. You kind of see how these people live and and why they are, how they are, and how they got there.
0: They're like out of their, they're not thinking in the box. They're so out of the box in the corking no. And That's like, you know, yeah. and it's it's a good thing. You got to embrace your uniqueness because that's what's going to make you like oh. get to the next level and all. And
1: that. that's we we talk a ton about this at our office and I talk about this a lot when I do like panels and things is like, it's about being authentic. And that's like the most important thing you can do in your market because every market is so saturated. So if you want to be an influencer or you want to be a news media personality or whatever it is you want to be, what makes you different? Like, what do you have to offer? I mean, that's a typical business question like in marketing 101, right? Like how are you going to set yourself apart in the marketplace? Well, as a, a human product like me, that's the same thing. How am I going to be different from the blonde lady who looks just like me? There's like a thousand of them, right? Like, oh, middle-class blonde lady designer. Like I am, there's one base template and we're all the same. So how, where is my niche and how am I different and how can I embrace that? And I think when you find yourself, And who you truly are and what sets you apart. It may not fit in that box, but that's okay. Like that's when I started to get really successful was when I got that confidence to be who I am. And then I could be honest and I could be funny and I could be weird and I could say bad words and I could wear ripped jeans and a hat all the time. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to wear a pencil skirt. I didn't even fucking own a pencil skirt. Like, so once I started to be me, my business sort of soared because my clients were like, well, she probably couldn't join my country club, but she's really good and she's really funny. So (laughs) like, you know, they were like, whatever. And that's okay. Like, I don't have to fit into this box of, you know, rich white lady interior designer. So it worked, it worked for me. And I'm sure there's in every niche market, there's probably a place for someone, anyone. You just have to find it and you have to make it.
0: Be yourself, be authentic. I mean, that is just, it's, and that also sometimes is a life journey to get to, you know, because when you're young, like you want to emulate this thing that you think you want. So you, you Mm kind of, you kind of shift and mold to be this thing. And then you realize, wow, my, my special sauce is in the me piece, you know, it's in the just myself and that's how I'm going to really thrive. Um, And you're not going to please everyone. So like
1: You're going to, that's like a, there's another lifelong, you know, is like what other people think about you is none of your business. So there are going to be people that are like, I don't think what you're doing is right. Or I think you need to be, you know, a little bit more inside the box or, you know, I'll sit on panels and like 10 people will say one thing. And I say the exact opposite that they just said. And like half the people in the audience are like, moron, you know, like, so you're not going to please everyone, but you do you. And and, like, if you're paying your bills and you're happy, then who cares, right? Like, you're here. You're doing that.
0: What um, – so what would you say in in all of your life maybe, like, what personally, professionally is the biggest mistake you feel you've ever made and you've had to learn from?
1: Oh, my gosh. I, you know, it's, it's hard because I feel like every st- – you should – A, you should be learning from every mistake, right? So every mistake you make, you should be – learning, but I talk a lot about, you know, I think I think it's probably when I was, I think it's really about when I was not, when I was trying to please my clients. So when I first started out, I was definitely trying to please my clients instead of like sticking to my guns where I, you know, they would say, I want to do this room and, I would say, they say, but I want to keep this and this. And now I would be like, no, those are gross, (laughs) right? Like, no, no, because in the end you're going to be mad because it doesn't, you know, but I didn't have the confidence and I didn't have the experience. So I would say, okay, okay, we'll try to work those in. And at the end it would be like, and they wouldn't be that stoked and I wouldn't be that stoked because I didn't tell them to get rid of the freaking chairs. Right. So I think it's not maybe It's not like a one mistake, but it was, it was, Just like when you go to your hairdresser or you go to your, you hire an architect or a landscape designer, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, you're like, I came to you because I don't understand hair color. Right. So you tell me what looks good with my skin tone. If they said to you, if they waffle and they're like, Oh, whatever you want. You're like, what? You suck. So (laughs) it's really like being knowledgeable and being confident and, and really like, you know, know your stuff. And when you do know your stuff, then tell people that you know your stuff. Like they hire you for a reason. And that's when my business really turned a corner. When I was like, no, no, this is not how we do it. This is not how we're doing it. I am not using that. Like if it's important to you, we'll figure out how to work it in in a different way. But like really being firm and saying, you know, you're going to get the most bang for your buck doing it this way. And then, so I think that's like, that's, that's my biggest thing is, is really taking control and if people are hiring you as an expert then be the expert and give them their money's worth yeah
0: totally so in in the same vein like going way back and learning that through experience and through life right if you went back to you know 16 17 18 year old kate what advice this is and this is pre USC even what advice would you give her then about knowing everything you know now what advice would you give her
1: well, first of all, I would tell her to marry a hedge fund manager because I didn't even know that was a job. <laughs> Nobody in my town was a fucking hedge fund manager. I'll tell you. That is, I was like, my mom's like, doctor, lawyer. I'm like, honey, hedge fund manager. <laughs> so, if, if that wasn't going to happen, then I would say, you know, I really think that, that there's a whole world out there. And even though I traveled pretty extensively, I guess I just in my town, it was, you know, it was a great little like beach community. And, you know, I, I live relatively close to where I grew up now, but like, I think it was sort of a bubble and you only kind of were exposed to the jobs that your parents knew of. And I think there were so many other things, like I didn't know how to make money as a designer. And I don't think, you know, I don't, I think whatever your kid is interested in, or you're interested in then figure out how you can be successful doing it. And I wish that I would have embraced the things that I was interested in. And somebody would have said to me, okay, I'm going to help you figure out how to make money doing that. So I just think my parents didn't know they, they couldn't help me because they didn't know how designers made money. And now with the internet, it's probably easier. Right. But yeah. um, I think it's just like getting out of your bubble and saying like, if my kid is like, I want to be a snowboarder and I'm like, how are we going to figure out how she can like, like make money and then be a broadcaster or like whatever. Right. Cause you right. see all these people living their dream and then becoming real estate agents because that doesn't work. Right. So I think it's saying like starting early on and figuring out what that passion is and then developing and figuring out ways that you think that that could be a lifelong like support for you and money maker and, you know, then you can be happy your whole life instead of just for that small period of time. And then you have to go like, who knows, do who knows what, because you don't really think
0: about it. Yeah, totally. Um, in in the, specifically in the world of design, what would you give a, what would you tell a young um, woman or male or man, you know, like what advice would you give them as they're starting out? Well, I think you have to know what you want to do, right?
1: You have to know if you want to do commercial design or residential design, because most people don't do both, okay? So you have to decide that. And then you have to really research your market. So know who the big players are in your in your market, right? Like who are the cool residential designers that you love? Um, what are they doing? What are, you know, you have to know your, your world. And then you have to go work for someone else. You cannot come out of school and tell me that you can design someone's house straight out of school. You can't do it. You don't know the margins. You don't know the vendors. You don't know what a COM or COF is. You don't, maybe you don't even know AutoCAD, right? So if you get an architect who emails you building plans in CAD, you don't know what you're doing. So go to school, learn how to read building plans, learn how to use architectural software, and then go work for someone else and make all your mistakes on someone else's dime because they will teach you. They will be patient with you. Hopefully they won't fire you when you make mistakes, I don't fire my girls. We joke. I say like, you're freaking fired. Um, (laughs) but you will then you will learn, right. And you will learn about client expectations and budgeting. And I mean, I have girlfriends that are like 10 years into their career and they don't budget like their business. They don't budget their, you know, you don't, they don't have a contract. Like you have to contract, you have to have, um, insurance. You have to have a resale license. Like the school doesn't teach you any of that. Right. Like join ASID. Like they, they don't teach you anything. So, go work for someone else who you respect and who's doing well. Like don't go work for someone who sucks, right? And get in at the bottom and you're going to have to get in the bottom. You're going to have to, I was getting coffee for people. And I was the one who had the only one who had like two degrees in the freaking office. And I'm like, Oh, did you want a small latte or large latte? So you have to work your way up, but you have to be willing to do that. And I feel like a lot of ladies and men that I meet, they're like, I have really good taste. I don't need to work my way up, and I'm like, bitch, you do. You don't know. I think it's a generational you thing, too. I don't know. Yeah, and like, no. just because you put your apartment together, it doesn't mean yeah. that you can build a ten thousand square foot house. <laughs> so slow your roll. Go work for someone else, and like, be humble. Like, be like, check yourself. Be humble for a minute, and you can have great taste there, and you can work up really fast, and then you can go on your own.
0: Totally. Totally. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> you put your, like
1: my biggest <laughs> there.
0: what, um,
1: I, swear okay. to God, I get the, I get people all the time. Like, Oh my God, well, I built my own house and I did a really good job. And I'm like, okay, but how much did you return? Like how many times did you screw up? Like you, that is not the same as
0: somebody has That's so interesting too, because I'm sure, and I, on your Instagram now that I'm like obsessed with and I look at your highlights and I look at all your tips and tricks and all the things, which is also yeah. super interesting because I know a lot of, you know, the people that, definitely can't come to you and afford you and all the things. They still want to learn from you. Yeah, Yeah. What, what would you say would be like the most simple advice to, to just someone who really wants to just make their home amazing, but they, you know, on their own budget of sorts. Right.
1: Okay. So first and most important thing is no shitty art. Okay. No, like like home goods generic first of all no phrases no fucking live laugh love okay like <laughs> get it tattooed on your back or something but like don't do it okay so invest in really interesting art like we call this behind me the fat lady and i because i was loving that fat by the way okay She's not fat, but we did, we bought her for a client and our client ran a chain of gyms. And so she was very fit. So when we hung this in her house, she goes, that's fat. And I was like, and my daughter's like, what, you mommy? (laughs) um, So, so I think really invest in interesting art because what happens is it sort of elevates the look of things and then please collect and curate things, right? So go to a flea market and find things you like. A pencil sketch is amazing. Um, I can tell you that you can buy a sofa from Ikea and then hang an incredible piece of art or, or a gallery wall over it and it elevates the look of your space tremendously, mm-hmm. right? Make sure your rugs are the correct size and that all of your furniture is on top of them. Go for a more inexpensive rug so you can get a bigger one than something really cool that's the wrong size because it's all ruined if you do it that way. Um, and then really add personality to your home. So don't make it look like it came out of a crate and barrel. It's boring. Like, Make it you. What do you like? What do you, you know, what do you enjoy doing if you're into paddling, then frame a paddle or hang a paddle or mm. like make it so that people can can understand what's important to you. I'd rather see people framing weird art their kids drew than like that flower printed thing from Home Goods on a wrapped canvas, right? Yeah. So please make it interesting and then and then um you know, like collect things, find interesting things. I, it's so much more interesting to see people's homes that have personality than something that is just like, I bought number two.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Know, like, what, like what inspires you the most when you're doing like your own space, like, or anyone else's space, I guess. Like, I what already do is- my own space. My yeah. space, my own
1: space is like, like leftovers from like all our projects. And <laughs> um, Your own space is the hardest when you're a designer. Cause you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm always inspired by like people say travel people, you know, everybody says something different, but for me, it's about like color palettes and what I'm seeing and, and what I, you know, I'll pull some fabrics and I'll tack them up and I'll be like, this is the vibe. And my team will be like, okay. So, you know, maybe it's like an ad or it's a, whenever we start a project, we do a concept first. And so we think if you're doing your own home, that's another really important thing is like, get a concept together. Don't just buy the pieces, say, okay, this is going to be like modern beachy, but also like neutral. And then you're like, okay, so I like this, but this doesn't fit in my thing. So that's another, that's just,
0: I like it don't buy it. Yeah,
1: Right. So that's something I learned along the way too, is you can like a lot of things, but if it doesn't fit within your vibes for that, for the house, you'll use it for another room or another house. Um, so get a concept together and that's what we do. We name the project is it, if it's little Spanish, but a little California, then it's Spanifornia. And then the whole time when you're pulling things, you're like, is this Spanifornia or is this not? That's, so, that's
0: smart because I mean, I know yeah. I have that, that issue because I have eclectic taste, but it's yeah. like, okay, if I built a concept first, then, then all the things I like that live in that world is what I go for. Right. That's, I think that's what great advice for. for anyone. I think people have that issue. Yeah. They don't start with that. In mind first, you know.
1: And the other quick thing that anyone can do is print out the images of the pieces and tape them on your wall. Like cut them out and tape them on your wall all together, and then see how they look all together. Like the art, the sofa, Mm -hmm. the chair, the rug. And sometimes you'll see like, oh crap, everything is black. Like Mm -hmm. because you like black, so you're picking black, and then you're like, oh shit, it's all black. Right. So if you unless you see it all together, we we call it like a board, a concept board. And sometimes I'll be like, Oh, look at all the legs. The sofa has legs. The chairs have legs. The table has legs. Everything has legs. It's like a leg (laughs) convention. So yeah. So you're not seeing it. And then thank God you did it before you bought it all. And you're like, "Shit!" yeah, that's a really easy, simple thing that anyone can do with any price point. Right.
0: Oh, that's so helpful. That's so so helpful. I've never thought of that before, but I I know a lot of a lot of people listening will be like, oh yeah, I gotta try yeah. this. <laughs> the internet, it's an amazing the thing. Internet, it's amazing. <laughs> um, I have to know, like who who is the most interesting or like bizarre? And you don't have to give names or anything, but what is the most bizarre or like super interesting client you've ever had and you've had to like work with in certain bounds or or whatnot? I
1: think. I mean, we, we definitely have done like a lot of high profile individuals that, that you have to sign a confidentiality agreement, so You can't tell who they are. Right. But I will say that, you know, the general consensus is that they all never hear the word no.
0: Mm. So,
1: um, whoever they are, whether they're a music executive or they're a football coach or they're a, you know, a fortune 500 CEO, they have a thousand people that are just saying yes all the time. So it's, it's, you know, it's very interesting and most people are available to them at all hours of the day. Right. So it's really interesting when you get into this world, you will, you could exhaust yourself if you had 10 clients of this caliber. Right. So you have to set boundaries. And I think setting boundaries with someone who's like a mega superstar is hilarious. Right. You're like texting them like, Hey, I'm having family time right now. And yeah. i like, I just told the coach of like, whatever, to suck it, you know? <laughs> so like, so it's super funny. So you have to like really be confident and it's super scary because you don't, you're like waiting for the bubbles. I'm like hoping really? they're not going to say you're fired. Um, but you know, most of the time they totally respect it because they want to have that time too. So setting those clear boundaries with with people who never hear the word no is really important. Like Like I'm available to you anytime, Monday through Friday, before ten PM or whatever it is, whatever your deal is, I'm right. not available on the weekends because that's when my family spends time together. Um, and you'll find that like setting those boundaries, you know, is is cool. It's kind of funny, and and then I think like keeping it separate. Um, a lot of designers become really good friends with their clients, and they travel right. together. I don't do that, and um, at least. I don't do it at least until the project's completely over. And I probably don't really do it at all. Um, We just keep it separate and I love them. And our clients are generous and sweet to us. And we try to keep it, keep it separate. And, and I found that that works for me.
0: Totally, totally. Then I don't like get
1: drunk and i yeah. and like you know fall down or something. I'm Like you know I don't want, I don't want any of that mess. So <laughs> I don't have to deal with I'll that. that
0: On yeah, my OG friends,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's so. That's a very. That's actually uh, you know we laugh, but especially for younger people to yeah. To, to know that that that's important to try to keep that separate is so important. I mean, it, because it's like different. if you hang
1: out with them, you're you're they're not going to like give you their money. Like you're right. still still going to be like a divide. Like right. that's still the guy who's like in charge of all these super famous like rappers, and you're still not. So right. it's just different, you know. Like oh. as me doing their house is not a big deal. Like so, I think just remembering like like you know that that like you can have fun together, but be professional, and that you want to have like covet that relationship because if you were to ruin it, those are so many referrals. So I think I always think of it that way.
0: Totally. Um, so what would, who would you say is your, your most like favorite gritty girl of all time ever and why? I don't know. I was thinking about this and
1: like, I don't know. I guess there's like a, there's a lot, but I feel like I kept going back to like an older generation Um, because I feel like right now in my world, there's a lot of women that are, that I see like, you know, on TV or celebrities or whatever, and they're doing great work, but they're not giving like zero fucks, like the older ladies. And I, and it's funny because I immediately thought of like Jane Fonda and like Goldie Hawn and these ladies who just literally gave zero fucks. Right. And I think When you look at someone like Jane Fonda, like she, she was an activist for everything she believed in, whether she, you, you agree with it or not. Right. Like she's a badass and she, she built these empires and she just doesn't care. And I think a lot of people were turned off by her attitude because it was so, so divisive and like, so, you know, it was yes or no, it was black and white for her. She had an opinion about everything. And I love that. Like, why, why was that? Crowned upon, right? Like I don't want to be universally appealing. There's like a billion other universally appealing people. I want to be interesting. Yeah. So I, I think someone like her stands out to me as being gritty and tenacious and saying, like, okay, I'm going to do workouts. Then d- people are going to write like songs about me. Then I'm going to, when I'm like seventy, I'm going to have a Netflix series. I'm going to yeah. blow everyone away and be the best person on the show. <laughs> and I'm still going to look like fucking million dollars, right? Yeah. So. You know, I think, I I think she's rad because she's like unapologetic. And I think as women, we're so fine tuned to being apologetic for everything. And I think that I'd love more people to say like, yeah, I, I'm not sorry. I don't want to go to this PTA meeting. And that doesn't mean I'm a bad mom means you're it's fucking boring. And I'll just write a (laughs) check. So like, you know, and like, is that frowned upon that? I wasn't sure which day of school my daughter started on. No, but like, I'll check my email later. I'll figure it out. So I think, you know, like we're all doing the best we can and what's important to you might not be important to someone else. And someone else may be living for that moment and that's okay. And we should all just like cut each other some slack and, and, just you do you, you know. And I think giving zero fucks is like the best. And any woman that's doing that, like, we should be praising them and embracing them.
0: And Absolutely. even if you don't
1: agree with them, like,
0: we don't care. Right? You do, you. <laughs> right. And you, do I, you, girl. I love, I love Jane Fonda. Also, I'm obsessed with her. She's an amazing woman. Um, And also, just like speaking to like the The time, the era that she came from, being it, yeah. being so strong in herself right. and so public was even more courageous, you know, because it was right. just it, like you know that wasn't how women were seen, and we're like it's taking yeah. time that like we're getting there, but it takes women like her to really trailblaze and like show. But it's still we're different. still like
1: not not there. Like I totally agree with you. Know how much how much harder she had to work, right? But we're still not there because there's still this this you know, while the happy homemaker thing isn't still going now, there's like a clan of I'm not a happy homemaker, but I'm still in that sort of box. Mm-hmm. And I make a few mistakes, but it's funny. And I'm on Instagram, and I'm a, an influencer. And so you're just you're just still doing that same thing of fitting Literally. in a box. It's a different yeah. box. But, yeah. So so I think anytime you're outside of that mass, you know, box, then you're really, you're really trailblazing. And I love that. You know, Chrissy Teigen is another great one. Oh my right? god, she's I love like her.
0: Yeah. She does not. My sister, her.
1: no, my sister works for her. And, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, another one, uh, zero fucks, even though people hate her, she's like, dude, I'm a rich white lady. That's all I know. So I'm gonna sell the other rich white ladies. And like <laughs> You've, you know, she's a great person. She's funny. She's, like, trying. She's, you know, she's unapologetic. Like, yeah, I have a vagina steamer. It's $900. If you can't afford it, then go buy one for 20 bucks. Like, I love that these people are just, like, embracing their audience and their yes. brand and who they are and not apologizing because, like, it's not her fault she was born into, like, the right family. Right. <laughs> like, like totally. if we could all go into Gwen Pauldrow's mom's vagina and come out, we would be like, yes, <laughs> I want to be your child. So... For me, it's like don't hate, like just let them do, and and I think I wish more women would cut each other some slack. If you want to breastfeed, great. If you want formula, fucking great. If you, you know,
0: like just breathe. Everyone breathe. Everyone breathe. breathe. That is. I love that. I love that so much. I'm yeah. going to like put that up on something.
1: Everyone, like, I am not like embroidered yeah. throw pillow right now. Yes.
0: Like, Everyone breathe. <laughs> oh man, Kate, I am so pumped. I'm so, I'm so happy you came on. I feel like I just learned Me, so much. it's fun. Um, I feel it's exciting. <laughs> I like it. I, I don't, sometimes I do these and I was like, I didn't know I felt that way. And it just like comes pouring out.
1: Like, vomit, it's like projectile. I'm like, ah, I had no idea. So, this is very fun. It's always uh-huh. fun to learn. I'm glad you yeah, had and, and be a part of it.
0: Totally. What? I know. And I hope your listeners like learn something. A good takeaway. I like totally. Takeaways. They're gonna, there's gonna be so many takeaways. And I want them also to like check you out also on all the things. So, you have your website, but yeah. you also have Instagram. Insta- yeah, but
1: Instagram is the best because that's where it's um, at KL Interiors. And that's where you get a glimpse of like me and how I'm juggling everything. I do incorporate my family. I do show pictures of them and, and talk about, you know, raising a kid and being a mom and raising a husband. Cause he's like my other kid. <laughs> um, and you know how that all works. And then also there's a ton of, of inspiration and design stuff and you'll get a little bit of my personality there as well. So it's, it's a fun, it's a fun space and I do interact. So if you heard if you heard the podcast and you message me like I will respond. I run all my own social media, so say hi and tell me what you liked and didn't like because I love that.
0: So. Yay! And I I certainly love the page the the Instagram page. So mm-hmm. definitely, I'll send everyone over there. But you have been awesome. I'm so happy I got to meet you in person finally yeah. hearing such amazing things from our mutual friend. Me
1: too. Um, Thank you for doing this. I love this. We need more places like this.
0: For, we for do. Gavis. We do. And everyone breathe. Great. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks so much, Jillian. I appreciate it. This has been Gritty Girls, the podcast you come to for your dose of badassery and inspiration from some of the most influential accomplished women on the planet. Please subscribe today. I would super appreciate it. I'm Jillian Christie. This is Gritty Girls, and we'll see you next time.